You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 138. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 138. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hi, baby doll. Hello, beautiful. How are you? Here we are again. Here we are again. We're going to try... Junkie Studios. We're going to try this one more time. Yeah. Uh... Technology was not on our side last time oh we tried. Oh, my God. At all. Well, first of all, we were still kind of six Smiths, too. Yeah, that's and true. And I was about to hurl six my months. MacBook out of the window. I was <laughs> so frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> Shit was going to go down. But here we are. Here we are. Yes, here we are. And we have an awesome topic for you guys today, which is all around fear. Oh. And looking at what fear really is about and kind of breaking up with it and starting to focus or court courage Mm. instead of allowing fear to kind of envelop us and then dictate all of our action or inaction yeah so it's the basic most basic of human uh, human feelings yeah it absolutely is and it'll be cool because i'm going to talk about some of the aha moments that i had around fear when I found out kind of the historical, physiological origin of it and why why it's actually imperative for our survival. And nice. how, so anyway, well, I'm going to get a little nerdy about science. <laughs> a little science nerd? I love science. <laughs> I believe in science. I believe in science. I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. That sounded more like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was yeah, that yeah. did. That did. <laughs> Wait, my pen's not working now. Okay. So I do need to go off about my free shit alert. Free shit alert. Free shit, free shit alert. alert. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a jingle for that. A free shit alert? Yeah. Okay. Like how would you how would you sing into a jingle mm, for free how shit? How would we do like it's hard to not do it without the would you rather sound. <laughs> like you want to, you want to sing everything. I like that one. Just free shit alert. Okay, okay. Maybe well, not quite so like a duck. Yeah, but you know what I mean. We'll have to. Okay, so anyway, let me tell you about the free shit. Okay. Free so shit. I am doing a free <laughs> online workshop, and all y'all are invited. So if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register, you can get in on a brand new workshop that I'm teaching called Four Easy Ways to Immediately Silence Your Inner Shit Talker. So that shit talker. That goddamn shit talker. <laughs> um, but you'll get you'll get in a huge workbook. I actually created a huge workbook because you know how I feel about that. I, I hate when people just consume information and don't do anything with it. So I wanted to make sure that people could walk away with tangible, actionable things. Gotta have action. Well, if I'm telling you these are easy ways to immediately change things, I should supply you with tools to do so. 
Sounds good to me. So, so not only will you get a free workbook, but you will also get well in the the free class and everything. But I'm going to be giving away prizes for mm. people on the actual workshop. So we'll do a little raffle where you could get some sweet JJ swag and nice. yeah, well, that's like two for the price of none. <laughs> very, very good, Mr. Smith. And so let me tell you a little bit what we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about, you know how you will be plowing along through normal life and you're feeling pretty good and then all of a sudden you get a case of the not enoughs. Like, well, that's not good enough. Well, that's mm-hmm. not, you're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. Well, I don't know if you did enough on that project or right. you're not a good enough parent. So there's a whole section all about our concept of enoughness and self-worth. Okay. We're going to talk about that inner narrative and how to change that conversation inside your mind, like how to stop your inner critic like dead in her tracks or his tracks or whatever. How to deal with this chase for perfection. We talked about perfection a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and looking at like strive for excellence instead of perfection. And we're going to look at how a lot of times it's our own self-inflicted perspective about what has to be perfect. So right. This whole thing about rules. I love talking about the rules we make up for ourselves. So please join me. Uh, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and grab your seat. Grab a seat. Are you going to go? I'm grabbing my seat right now. Oh, hey <laughs> <laughs> Oh, We have that explicit content for a reason. Oh, that's not explicit. Oh, oh, have you heard my other would you rathers? (laughs) Oh, my God. Exactly. Well, speaking of that. Well, speaking of fear, I think this would you rather applies, goes into the fear category. But we got to cue the jingle. Oh, the music, yeah. Would you rather? (laughs) Silly. All right. So this week's would you rather is... Would you rather rub poison ivy on your unmentionables? Whoa. Yeah, not good. Or eat a handful of bumblebees. Oh. Like, straight up, like, put them on your mouth and chew on them. Oh. Oh, no. This is the whole... Possible stings. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I like like how you deliver the information. I wish you guys could see him. Um... Well, okay, so how it's poison ivy, not poison oak. Which one? Either one, whatever you're allergic to. Ew! No, you don't get to do that. You, you don't get to ask questions then. This is my show. <laughs> <laughs> I always pull the this. It's one. my show. It's a no nonsense show. It's a no nonsense. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I think I well, oh, like when when we would watch. Fear factor and stuff like that. Mm. With when they ever they had to eat any sort of like like a, like a cow eyeball or uh. you know like pig testicles or shit like that. Like I was always like I cannot, I can't. That's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I've always been a foodie. Like I'm pretty daring <laughs> with the food. So I think so. so I think a bumblebee might taste good. A little honey on it, you know. Bumblebee tuna. <laughs> bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee. T- Hi there, nice to see you. Bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee tuna. <laughs> Excuse me, your balls are showing. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Pardon me." Your balls are showing. Pardon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I think I think I. Ugh. Man, I think I, this is a really, really bad one. Yeah, either way, it's 
pretty bad. I think I would pick the first one, though, the Poison you Ivy. You would? Really? On your unmentionables? Yeah. Really? You have pretty sensitive unmentionables. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith. <laughs> Oh my god. That could what? last months. What? <laughs> well, but so could like a massively stung, like inflated mouth. <laughs> Just the visual is by itself. What would you pick? I would eat bees. You would eat bees? I told bees. you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right. Let's, yep. let's, let's get to Moving some content. Moving on. Yeah, let's move on. Yes. That is, now I'm fucking depressed. <laughs> well, you don't have to do either of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you mean this isn't real? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So let's talk about fear. And this will be kind of an interesting one to get your perspective on in a lot of ways, too. Um, But the first thing that I wanted to talk about that really gets overlooked a lot in personal development is the actual origin of fear. Like, we talk a lot about not letting it, you know, uh, not letting it rule your world and, you know, be scared, but do it anyway, right. you know, like pushing through fear and all of that stuff. But for me, when I really found out like this, the scientific reason why we experience fear the way we do now, like how it's actually has evolved over time, mm-hmm. it allowed me to have so much more compassion for my body's responses so you know how like you know when you get scared or when you get anxious or nervous like you have a physiological response right like your hands might get clammy you might have a rapid heartbeat um you might have get dry mouth you might have a hard time like formulating thoughts you might you know there are some very real physical responses this sounds like a advertisement for a pharmaceutical (laughs) <laughs> Does it? Side effects may include rapid heartbeat, dry mouth, <laughs> growing an arm out of your eyeball, diarrhea, <laughs> and death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so the deal with actually, there's still quite a few physical responses that we have that we no longer need, and you can see them uh, kind of the evolutionary process. So things like you know your appendix, we know that that. We do not need that, right. but we all still have them. At this point in our evolution, it, it still is present as though we needed it. I think I might have mentioned this before on the pod too, like your fingers when they prune up, um, you know how you get like pruny fingers if right. you've been in the water too long? Mm-hmm. That's actually a primitive response to for humans to be able to grip onto slippery surfaces better when you might need to get out of like a pool or a lake or something like that. That's not a real concern for us anymore. Mm. That we like man against the elements type of thing that the elements would, would mean a detriment to our survival. Not for most of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in, you know, first world countries. (laughs) Right. So, so there, what I'm saying is there's still certain things that we experience that physically that we don't really have a need for. So when we look back at the historical need for fear and the role that it played in humanity, if you did not have a fear response around, let's say, an opposing tribe or around a mountain lion. Or a woolly mammoth. Or a woolly mammoth, if you will. <laughs> then that was impending doom. If you would climb up you know, a gigantic tree and not feel fear that you might fall, 
that could also mean that you were going to hurt yourself. Like it was an actual threat to your human existence. So now we can see this whole kind of evolutionary process with all these times when we experience that emotion of fear and we're actually not in danger. So we experience a lot of those same physical sensations when we're afraid someone's not going to accept us or when we're nervous to go into a job interview, right? right? Or we're nervous to give a speech. Those sorts of feelings are exactly what you would feel, like that rapid heartbeat, uh, if there was an intruder in your home. Sure. Where you actually could be in danger. Right. Clear and present danger. Sure. So what I want, the reason why I really wanted to underline this today is to give yourself some massive compassion that a lot of the times when you are super freaked out or afraid of not being accepted, not being able to pay a bill on time, that is a piece of how you are wired. There's not necessarily anything wrong with you. Right. It's a piece of our of our history and our evolution as it's humans. Natural. It's natural. Yeah. So... The reason why I think this is so important to understand is because most of the time we get really mad about the circumstance or we get mad at our bodies for getting worked up. We get mad at ourselves for feeling fear. And a lot of the times it's just because our body is genuinely trying to protect us. Physiologically, it's afraid you are in danger. So you're saying that it's a central nervous system issue, not a power of the mind issue. I think that understanding how you're chemically wired can help you work with your mind. Gotcha. Right? Okay. And and get your mind right when you feel rapid heartbeat or when you're getting spirally thoughts and recognizing put that perspective, yeah. Yeah, I'm not actually in danger. Got so it. the second point that I wanted to make about this is really giving yourself compassion for your humanity. So I'll give you an example of how this works for me. So if I am going to an audition um, to do, uh, you know, theater, because I do theater in, in my spare time, or I haven't for a while, but I, if I go on an audition, I will be, you know, right before they call me to go on stage to do my little thing, I will start to experience all the humanity that goes into being nervous and having an element of fear, right? So all those things we talked about, I get really rapid heartbeat, you know, and my mouth gets like, you know, I get like smack mouthy, I get like dry, you know, with the sweaty hands and all that. And so in those moments, I stop and instead of getting, allowing it to all run away with me and getting all upset with my body or just allowing my mind to spin out, I talk to my body and I go, hey, thank you so much. For, oh, nice. for trying to protect me. Uh-huh. We're actually not in danger. I know that you are, you think that we are. You think that, that we might die. Like that really is what the antiquated, archaic response is, is about. It thinks you are going to die. You're in danger of being dead. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, we're okay. We got this. We're prepared. And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to my rescue. Thank you for preparing us. And just kind of work with my body in that way. So that's how I use thought. Gotcha. That's how I use that process. So it's the same as being like so mad at yourself for throwing up 
it's like, no, your body is like, this isn't working for us. And it's trying to take care of you. It's trying to help you. So instead of being like pissed at yourself for throwing up or for feeling fear, it's like, oh my God, body, thank you so much for trying to help. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board. So the way that this can apply now for you (laughs) is the next time you are in extreme fear, this is kind of like my third point, and this is one of the things, it's like a checks and balances that I use oftentimes to get really connected to to my fear response. And so I will ask myself, are you in clear and present danger? Are you really about to die? What is the danger? Yeah. Are you really experiencing fear because you're you're threatened? And I'm not saying like I'm gonna get fired, then I'm gonna be destitute, and that you know, of course there's fear that is warranted and I get that. But most of the time we experience it kind of as a waste. You know? Like It's a waste of energy too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we don't we're not really needing to prepare to either fight or flee. You know, most of the time we just need to strategize or we need to think things through or we need to reach out or we need to go on more job interviews or we need to break up or we need to say yes to a day. Most of the time what we're feeling fear about is not going to be our demise. It's really not. We just allow our, our minds to spin out about it. Well, our fight or flight nervous system is constantly on Mm -hmm. Um, just in the fast-paced society that we live in totally and we're always being asked something we're always ready for the next thing and we're always like ready for whatever's going to happen next that's why do you think we have so much sleeplessness and stress and all these things Mm -hmm. our system never has a chance to turn off Mm -hmm. and when something doesn't have a chance to turn off it wears down Mm -hmm. when it wears down it's susceptible Mm-hmm. And when it's susceptible, more fear will override, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in a healthy sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, then the rest of your um, chemistry mm-hmm. can react accordingly. But if your nervous system is breaking down, you can't channel that chemical uh, balance well, hmm. right? So if we're constantly in that fight or flight, yep. it's going to be a lot easier to be in fight or flight, Right, right. And make the wrong decision and feel overwhelmed and uh, feel like, oh, if this person doesn't like me, it's the end and getting where you feel like you're going to die. Right? Right. Well, can you imagine if, and this is really what I think anxiety has evolved into. I think anxiousness is the human evolution of the primitive need for fear. Mm. So Mm. the way that we, like, can you imagine if back in the day you felt like you were being chased by a tiger all the time yeah like you never like if we were back in the food chain yeah yeah like if you never had time for that to turn off right that's a lot like how we allow anxiousness and anxiety to be present and remember how i used to describe um i'll put a link in here i did a podcast about confessions of a life coach with anxiety disorder Mm, that's right and one of the ways that i always described it was I get the same sensation that people get before they go on stage or before they go in a job interview and you kind of have this like healthy nervousness. Sure. I felt that all the time. Yeah. And I think that's why we have disorders 
you know, related to anxiety because I think that we have fucked up uh, fucked up our fear response over the years. Yeah, it totally anyway, makes sense. We don't. It's not about blaming. It's not about all of that. It's about working with it and figuring out. I like that though. Yeah, that working with it, talking to it calming it down right yeah, well works. it's it's like um it's the same thing with inner critic stuff like what we're going to talk about at the upcoming workshop that i have your inner critic will go on and on and on until you acknowledge it yeah so the first thing you got to do is acknowledge it like no matter what like if you're pissed acknowledge that you're pissed if you're scared acknowledge that you're scared if you're talking shit to yourself you need to acknowledge i'm talking shit to myself in order to make another choice yeah you know so if you acknowledge like oh my body is acting like we're gonna die and i'm just nervous i can't pay a bill that's really what's happening Mm -hmm. okay body thank you so much for trying to come to my rescue we're going to be okay we're resilient we're going to figure it out but if you don't acknowledge it it's a lot like stewie from family guy i think i've used this example before when he's like mom mommy mom 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 yeah yeah you know and she's like what and she finally acknowledges him he's he's like (laughs) ma ma mom 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 mommy mommy mama mama Mama! What? Hi. <laughs> right. But that's exactly what happens with all every single thing that goes on with us that we ignore. What you resist persists. Period. So if you ignore that, like imagine if going back to that example of before you go into a job interview or me before I go to an audition, if I am in backstage and I just let that fear response overtake me, and it's and it's kind of going. You don't acknowledge it. It's going, mom, mom, mommy, mom, 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 sweaty palms, sweaty, mom, 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 sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. It's a dry mouth, you know. And I and am I'm not listening, and I'm not paying attention. Then it is ruling you. Then I'm in that vortex too. All I hear is mom, 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 and that's my body, and I'm feeling anxious, and I'm scared, and I'm wrapped up in it, and I might die, and I'm nurturing that feeling. But if you acknowledge it. If you go, hey, what? What? What do you need? What? You think we're in danger? We're all right. Oh, paparacito. Oh, but thank you. But oh my God, thank you. Because if we were in a dark alley at night and someone was coming at us with a knife, you're ready, baby. Right, right. You just are misunderstanding the circumstance. Right. We're okay. That's awesome. I love that. So the fourth thing that then I would love for you to start wrapping your head around once you learn, I mean, this whole concept, like I was saying, when I really understood what was happening in my body, especially someone who was highly anxious, I was like, oh, so I'm just a human and we've done some fucked up things to humanity over the centuries. Oh, my body, you know, and I could come at all my fear, all my anxiety from such a compassionate place. Right. Just completely flip the script. So that's what I'm hoping this kind of sheds a little bit of light on for you. It's a great tool, yeah. So the fourth thing is really after you've kind of acknowledged what's happening for you, like, oh my God, I'm deathly afraid that I'm going to get dumped or that person's not going to accept me or I'm not going to get hired or whatever. Now you can start to allow yourself to feel what you feel and not allow it to keep you in inaction 
or non-action. So it's allowing both to be present because what happens when we experience emotion is we think that that's the truth. And most of the time, emotions are fleeting. Not always. Sometimes they, like love, like love can become a constant in a relationship. Sure. But it, so can anything else like fear or anxiety or, you know, depression or whatever. But emotion is, is fleeting. It's not, you, you don't usually feel fear constantly unless you're, you know, you have anxiety or something like that. Right. So we will usually take an emotion and we immediately interpret it. That's why people who are attracted to somebody, they're like, oh my God, I got to pursue this, even if they're married or even if it would be, because we get caught up in an emotion instead of really looking at, is this the best choice for myself? And really looking at what is the behavior that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Like using logic and emotion in tandem. We are fortunate that we have both. So it's our responsibility to use them both wisely. So if you can kind of go, because, you know, for instance, when I'm talking about me being backstage or somebody else going to, you know, their class reunion and they're afraid they're going to get judged, just by acknowledging it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have any more fear. It doesn't mean I walk onto that stage and there's an absence of fear. It just means I'm ready to take action even though I'm feeling that feeling. Well, it becomes a subtext instead of yep. the, you know, thing right in front of your face. Instead of it controlling you. Right. So you kind of go, okay, here's what I'm feeling. And I still choose to do this audition. Or I still choose to walk into this family gathering. Or I still choose to put my name in for this. And, you know, it, I've heard mixed thoughts on the whole concept of like, feel fear, do it anyway. And uh, I saw somebody had posted something on on Facebook about fear in this is why you shouldn't feel fear and do things anyway. And it was related to being actually in danger. Like mm-hmm. um, it was somebody being held up at gunpoint or something and talking about fear and blah, blah, blah. So that's why I brought up the this final question that I would love to ask, love for you to ask yourself so that you can really decipher, is this just fear getting in my way? Or am I honestly like in danger? You know, because you will feel the same emotion both times. Well, not only that, but, you know, we, we, we say that don't let fear rule you. Right. But fear is a part of you. That's exactly right. So is it all of you or is it a part of you? Right. Right? That's so exactly. So it's, it's not about letting fear control you or you control fear. It's where does fear place in the grand scheme of you? That's exactly right. right. Choosing the role that emotion exactly. has in your life. Exactly. Well, it's the same way like if you have this emotion of attraction to somebody outside your marriage, you get to decide, do I foster that emotion? Do right. I water that plant yeah. and see if it grows? Right. Or do I choose? I, it's okay that I'm attracted to somebody else. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to feel guilt about it. And I do need to be responsible for my behavior. Absolutely, yeah. So it's the same thing here. You might feel tons of fear, but do you want to be that type of a person who allows that response to not get you into the workforce that you want to be a part of or go after friendships that you really want? So this is the question I would love for you to ask. If I didn't feel this emotion of fear, if I didn't feel fearful... How would I proceed? What hmm. would I do? Okay. And then that really gives you that understanding of like, am I allowing this fear 
to run the show? Or am I acknowledging this fear and still choosing courage, choosing yeah. behavior wisely? Mm-hmm. So you can look at that situation and you could go, oh my God, I'm, I'm feeling so much fear around, uh, let's say you can't pay a bill. And that's something that's really anxiety-inducing. How am I going to make rent? Oh, da, 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 da. And you start spinning out. And you start getting that really scared feeling. Yeah. And, it, you know, from a historical standpoint, again, you are afraid of dying. You're afraid that you will somehow not be able to s- support your humanity, right? So if you stop and you look at like, okay, if I didn't exper- experience fear right now, how would I proceed? Well probably pretty fucking courageously and you would probably come up with a plan you would probably get creative you would probably start really logically looking at what your options are and then using fear to your advantage how by doing all those things getting creative all letting fear be what is driving it mm-hmm. kind of underneath and not putting it on top of you right right yeah so it's launching you not suppressing you Right. And so you know that it's like, okay, I get it. You're going to be a part of the journey. Right. But you're not going to drive. There you go. I like that analogy. That's great. You're not going to drive. It's it's exactly like trying to tell your body not to throw up. You know? It really is that simple. It's your body has a response. We It does no good to get mad at it. It does a lot better to acknowledge it and choose courage anyway. So this is also a really great tool to, you know, check in with yourself and say, like, if I didn't feel fear, how would I proceed? Because sometimes it's hard for us to decipher if we're feeling, again, this is because of the evolution, we can't decipher, is this actually a bad move? Like, am I feeling fear because my body's saying, abort mission, don't do this? Like, you know, like... um. I'm trying to think of an, you know, like a it, being held at gunpoint or going in place that's like unsafe. You know, you feel fear. Dark then. alley. Yeah. And so your body might be like, no, abort mission. This is not smart. But you might also get the same exact feeling of fear when you go for a job that you're not sure if you're going to like. Right. And so you have to look at if I didn't feel this emotion, how would I want to proceed? Because most of the time we let that emotion rule us and that's what makes the decision instead of what we really, really, truly want. So if you're having that emotion when you're like picking out whether you should eat Ben and Jerry's fish food or Americone Dream. You feel a lot of fear about that? There's a lot of fear about making the wrong decision there. (laughs) I, sorry, sorry everybody, sorry everybody for where Mr. Smith just took that. No response? Is that a bad segue? That was bad. bad that was really bad. Okay. All right. First of all, I, you should never feel fear about ice cream. Not ever. No? Well, what about fear of getting fat from ice cream? Um, <laughs> are you in clear and present danger? No. Well, you might. You might have a heart attack. Like right then. Well, if you ate too much of it. We're derailing. You're way derailing. Okay, that, that's our cue to wrap it up. For sure. All right. Sorry so, But I love this quote from Jack Canfield that I thought was really awesome. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. Wow. And I, I thought, how cool. That is a really great place to look. It's that same question. If I didn't feel this emotion of fear, how would I proceed? Most of the time, way more courageously. 
So let's look at that from a different lens and go, okay, given that this is not going to go away, this this response likely is not going to evolve out of us anytime soon. Yeah, it's it's innate in all living things. Right. Yeah. It's it's the same reason like when somebody honks at you, you have a fight or flight moment. You or usually, freeze, right? Yeah, yeah, true. We don't talk about that one as often. But you're usually like, well, motherfucker, like you have a response. <laughs> like we have, still have a lot of responses. I liked your response though. You did? You like how I got into that? And scene. Um, but same thing. If you really look at what you really, really want, do you really want that job? Do you want to land that role in that audition? Do you want to find a partnership? Do you want to nurture those creative friendships? Do you want, if those are the things that you want, allow fear to be a part of the ride, but let courage run the show. I like it. Let courage drive the vehicle. So, beautiful. I, I think that's all I have to say about that. Anything else you wanted to add? Mm-mm. All right. I think I've added quite enough. Yes. Yes, you're done. <laughs> you're cut off. All right, guys, so don't forget to join me for my brand new workshop on four easy ways to immediately silence your inner shit talker. We're going to have such a good time, tons of freebies and prizes. So thejoyjunkie.com slash register, and you can pick a, um, one of two different time slots. And I will definitely see you there. Yeah. Yeah. Grab your seat. All right, so we will see you around these parts next week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.